0: Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. Well, if you're just joining with us, we are ending a message series entitled Things That Go Bump in the Night. And for the last month, we've been talking about the idea of fear. Uh, the fear that we face, the fear that we paralyze, the fear of change, the fear of death, the different types of fear, um, the fear of missing out. We've covered a lot of these different topics, and today we're going to focus directly on the aspect of of fear. The truth is, is probably in this room, there are many of us um, that have a decision to make or uh, have a family situation that just occurred, which is causes our path to be in doubt, which causes our steps to be in doubt, where things like anxiety, uh, things like trepidation, all of a sudden begin to cloud our judgment, our decisions. Um, many of you have probably been to a place where maybe someone has come alongside of you and said, um, you know what, you just need to move forward, you're stuck in your fears. Well, if that's you today, and by the way, most of us in this room have been fearful at times, um, then you need to know that whether you're a Christian or not in this room, whether you've read the Bible or not in this room, in the Bible, um, there are some specific letters written that talk directly about the aspect of fear. But more importantly, practically, ways for us to be able to overcome our fear. It was 1980 in the suburbs of downtown Chicago in a place called Melrose Park, Illinois. I was six years old and I had an older brother who was 10 years older than me. His name was Pete. And Pete um, was charged that night to babysit me, and so as a six-year-old, I remember being in the house. My parents—they gave kisses and everything—and they said, "Okay, remember, you know, bedtime in an hour. You know, here's all the numbers, emergency contact information. Um, back then, you didn't have cell phones; you just had, you know, line and everything else." And so I remember my parents went out for a date. As soon as the car left the driveway, I remember my brother Pete looking at me. Yes, I was six, but I remember this because you'll find out in just a second. He looked at me and said, get your shoes on. And so I six years old. I was like, wow, well, okay. And so all of a sudden I'm getting my shoes on. It's October during this time. And uh, he says, come on, come on, get in the car, get in the car. And I'm like, but, but mommy and daddy said, oh, shh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Get in the car. So we get in the car and all of a sudden, um, I remember it like yesterday because it was 1980. And so all of a sudden you had the rock and roll generation of the seventies. And so we were blasting and I was, my ears were hurting and we're driving in the car and I'm still asking about mommy and daddy. And he's like, no, we're going to be fine. He, uh, he pulls over and he picks up a couple of his friends and they get in the car. And they're like, oh, you brought your brother. And he's like, yeah, my dad, you know, they left him here, and so I got to take care of him. It'll be fine. And so I, I had no idea where we're going. We end up pulling into a big industrial park, and I, I'll never forget all of a sudden I look at a sign as I'm being dragged by him, and it says, haunted house ahead. So as six years old, I remember. I don't remember much else. I remember that sign vividly, and I remember, you know, him kind of leading me toward the trap of death that awaited me. And I, and I start like dragging my feet, and my brother's like, "Come on, come on, it'll be fine." And I'm like, "I, I don't want to go. I'm scared. I'm fearful, and everything." It's like, oh no, you're gonna be fine. You'll be fine. I'm with you." Now, my brother was very big. He was muscular. He was a tank, and so he was my superhero. And so. Truth be told, when I was with him, I always felt like he was going to take care of me. So I trusted my brother. That was my first mistake. And so we walk to the trap tower of death door and there's like, and by the way, this is 1980 in downtown suburb, Chicago. This is not your politically correct haunted house. The people who make this haunted house, they're evil, evil people. Because there were some freaky things, I just want to tell you, written on this. And so he's dragging me, and we go into the first door. Now, if you've ever been in a haunted house, it is pitch black. I'm six. So the screams that you heard weren't for the evil things. They were from my mouth. And for the next 20 minutes, it was horrific. I bear the scars of that moment in my life. I don't like to go see horror movies. I don't like scary things because I remember that moment in my life. And here's what I remember most of all. I was trapped. I was in a dark place. I just wanted out. I wanted light. I wanted a doorway. I wanted to get out. And there was no way for me to get there. If you've ever felt like that, it is a horrible feeling truth is there are many individuals who suffer with those kind of feelings every single day because they're overwhelmed with fear. And in their minds, there is no door. There is no opening. I can't get there fast enough. And so they're overwhelmed with anxiety and overwhelmed with fear. Scientists will tell you that in these moments, there is what they call a fight or flight system in us. Our autonomic I think I said that right. Scientists in the room, you can correct me or not. But our autonomic nervous system, when we get into moments of terror, when we get into moments of sheer panic, our bodies will kick in this system. And what happens is our blood pressure rises, our heart rate accelerates, and all of a sudden our eyes will dilate the pupils will dilate and we will be able to take in far more and alertness than we ever were before. And in those moments, our bodies want to do one or two things. We either want to fight or we want to run. When you're in the moment of anxiousness, anxiety, when you don't see a door and there's no way out, it is very difficult for the human mind and the human body because in essence, you can't fight or flight. There's nothing to fight and you can't get out or escape. And many individuals suffer with depression and strong anxiety issues because their bodies go through this and it's every single day. So if you're a type A personality in the room, let me tell you where we're going so that way you can get your notes ready. We're going to go in a place in the Bible and we're going to first take a look at a healthy fear, a fear that God wants us to hear. And we're going to use that as a foundation. And then we're going to go to a letter that is written to a church in Philippi. It's a letter that's written and it actually addresses individuals that are worrying, that are anxious. And it actually gives the secret to how we can replace our anxieties and our worries with hope and with peace. I'm a practical guy, and so along the way, I'm going to give you some practical things you could do tonight or tomorrow to be able to help move you from a place of paralysis to a place where you can overcome your fear. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn first to Proverbs chapter 9. If you don't have it, that's okay. We can follow along on the screen. If you have your iPad, your iPhones, you can go there too. And if you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you download that, you'll get all the notes associated with the message today. Here we go. Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says this, fear of the Lord is the foundation, the bedrock of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. The first thing that I need for every one of us to understand is, is there is a a fear that makes us paralyzed, but then there is also a fear that God also wants us to have every day of our life. And that is a holy type of fear. And it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of Wisdom. Many of us lose wisdom. Many of us, when we're overwhelmed with fear, we have to call a friend. We usually have a friend call us and say, Hey, snap out of it. Let's move forward. Come on, you can do this. Where does that wisdom come from? It comes from a healthy, holy fear. And it allows us to have, don't miss this, take a look at this. It allows us to have good judgment. Don't miss this. If you have a healthy fear, it will result in good judgment. And so for many of us who says, I don't know what to do, I don't know which way to go, you can have it if you have a holy fear. So some of you are sitting here saying, well, Terry, what is holy fear? What is a holy type of fear that we should have? I thought about this a lot this week, and there was only one example that I can truly illustrate what a healthy fear of God is. So let me set this up for you. For Christians in this room, we know that God is the Alpha Omega. He is the creator. He created us. He knows every hair on our head. He knows our being. We trust in that. We believe in it. And so if we believe in that, we know God knows more than us. We're not God and he is. And so having a holy type of fear, understanding who he is every day of our life is important for us. So to illustrate this a little bit of what it means to truly believe and trust in God in a healthy fear I take you back to a rainforest in Nicaragua. I'm up on a tree canopy, suspended in the air, and I'm going zip lining. And as I'm there, we've got the locals, they're coming, and they're just really quickly, you know, the safety presentation wasn't that long. Um, I was asking a lot of questions, and they said, don't worry, don't worry, you'll be fine. So as I trust my life with these individuals who are making eight pesos an hour, they go ahead and they hook me up to this pulley system, and I'm sitting, and then they, and right away, as soon as I get done, they, they hook me to this harness, they, they give me a glove, and they tell me to grab onto this, and they say, okay, trust me, and, and everything good, and I'm like, yeah, and I say, but how do I stop, and they shove me off, and I go flying through the air on the zip line, and it was amazing, it was great, and I figured out how to stop, and it was okay, But then you go from tree to tree to tree to tree. I get about three quarters of the way and my guide likes me. We're having a good time. He speaks English and we're talking. And he says, okay, Terry, try this. So I get there and he unhooks my my harness from the pulley. And then he has me take off the harness that I have and he puts on a different one. And then he goes ahead and he he puts it on me and then he hooks me up and he says, okay, now Terry, go to the edge of the canopy and now fall forward. I said, excuse me? (laughs) And he said, just fall forward, you're gonna be okay. I said, you want me to put all my life in the hands of a $25 pulley system? I don't think so. And he says, just trust me, just trust me. I went to the edge of this canopy and I gotta tell you something, if you've ever done this before, everything in your body, your mind, your muscles, everything in you fights against any decision to fall off of that canopy. My body seized, it locked up. He said, okay, go, and I'm like, no. And finally, finally, after coaxing for about five minutes, I finally just let my feet go out and I fell forward. It was the most scariest thing that I've ever done. He grabbed my legs. He goes, now you're a Superman. And he he shoves me off and I'm flying through the air. And it was amazing. It was incredible. But I'll never forget that moment because my mind said, you're hooked up to a pulley system. You're going to be okay. You can do this. You can overcome. But everything in me said, I'm going to die. And this is stupid. Don't do this. In our lives, there are going to be moments when all of a sudden we're faced with a decision and we have a choice. We can either trust that God is who he is, have a healthy, holy fear of who he is and believe in him and take a step, or we don't. And so God wants to remind us, if we remember that he is God, that we will have good judgment when we face difficult decisions. Then when we put him there, we will know which way to go. Now, with that said, we're going to jump to a letter and it's going to address all of us who say, Terry, that's great, but I'm still fearful. And so for all of us in the room that are struggling with fear, this is a letter that is written to you and to me. It's in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Let's take a look at this. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So pause right there and leave it here, guys, for a second. It says, don't worry about anything. Now, I got to be honest, there are many times I read the Bible and I'm like, okay, don't worry about anything. Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and I still worry. And what the writer of this letter is saying is no, 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 let me pause and let me just bring you back to this. All of the worries that you're facing, don't worry. First thing that you need to do is stop. I don't want you to worry. I want you to have a holy fear. I want you to stand on the edge of that canopy and I want you to let your feet go out. And I want you to trust that I got you. I want you to trust that I'm in control. I want you to trust that I'm God. So don't worry about anything. Instead, second thing, so I want you to remember this order. Don't worry. Second, I want you to talk to me and pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thirdly, I want you to thank him for all he is done. I'll read it one more time. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Let me break this down one by one because I know I need it. Number one, the first thing that we do when we get into worrisome situations is we have to say, I cannot worry. I can't worry about the next doctor's visit. I know they called. I'm stressed. I'm panicked. I have to not worry. I can't worry about the next test. I can't worry about the meeting with the boss. I can't worry about the next contract. I can't worry about the next commission. When I sit there and I see that every fear that I have, I have to stop and say, I cannot worry. I cannot worry. Now, let me get practical for some of you, because some of you say, Terry, that's easier said than done. One of the things, if you come to my house, you will see from time to time on the mirror of my bathroom, because every morning I go to that mirror, I will do my hair and I will brush my teeth. Some of you don't think I do that, but I do. And so when you face the mirror, one of the things that you'll find in my bathroom from time to time is a note card. And this past description, scripture in Philippians has been on a note card on my mirror. Because I will wake up and what do we do in the morning? We wake up and we think about what? Our day. Okay, well we got the doctor's appointment. I just you know I wonder what's going on. I go, Lord, I just hope it's not what I think it is, and you know, this and that. And immediately I will read that card and I'll go, wait a minute, pause. God, you are God and I'm not. I'm not supposed to worry. Okay, brush the teeth, brush the teeth, brush the teeth. Yeah, but what about that? Okay, stop, stop, stop. God, you are God and I'm not. You literally have to capture every worry that you go through and you have to replace it with what scripture says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Now, some of you are saying, well, Terry, then what? Well, here's what I do in that moment. Don't worry, the second thing that you're supposed to do is talk to God, tell him what's wrong. Tell him how you feel and tell him your fears. Now, here's the thing. And I thought of this illustration this week. I think some of us are like treasure hunters. Our greatest desire is to find the X, the gold buried at the X. And we'll go searching and searching and digging and digging and digging. And someone will come up to me and say, Terry, you have been digging for months. Don't you have the map? Yeah, it's right here. Have you read it? Ah, what's the fun in that? Well, if you look at it, it has the place where the X is. You don't have to dig and dig and dig. The answer is right here. And it's like a treasure hunter that refuses to look at the map and just likes to go through turmoil. It's the same for some of us. We want to worry every day. And here's the question I have. How many of you are worried every day? How many of you are Christians? But if I were to ask you, how many times during the day have you turned your worry over to God and began to tell him about it? Many of us as Christians will say, Well, I haven't prayed in months. Well, I haven't talked to him. But yet you'll say, I've been worried about this. I've been worried about this. I've been paralyzed by this. And what I would say to you is, is follow the advice of the writer to the church of Philippi. Don't worry and then talk to God. When was the last time you told him how you felt? When was the last time you said, God, I'm mad? Because my spouse just got the call from the doctor. It's cancer. And I'm mad. And I'm fearful. And I'm anxious. And I don't know what to do about it. Good for you. Tell him that. He's big enough to handle it. Many of us run from God and we just isolate him because how could God do this? I'm not talking to you. When we should be talking to him. And we should tell him exactly how we feel. Because sometimes when we're able to talk to God and we're able to emote and grieve and get that out, sometimes there's an open doorway on the other side. And it leads us to the third thing that that passage talked about. First, we need to not worry. Second, we need to talk to God. And third, we need to thank him. We need to go back to that holy fear. God, I, I just, I don't know this cancer and I just don't know if we're going to get past it. I don't know what it's going to mean for our family. And God is saying, Terry, Fall forward. Terry, you're on the zip line. Fall forward. I can't do it, God. I can't trust them. Everything in my body tells me no. All of my friends, my mind, I can't. I can't shut it off. I can't do it, Terry. Have a healthy fear. Fall forward. Trust me. And the way that I've learned to trust him over the years is I remember who he is. Remember who he is. God's your God. God, the last time I got a bad report, I freaked out, I worried, and it turned out okay. God, you know what? My life is but a blip on this earth. There's eternity. It's going to be okay. Remember what he can do in your life. God, you have healing hands. You can move mountains. You could do anything. I can trust you. You've helped me here. You've helped me here. You've helped me here. I can trust you. And remember that he's faithful. Many of us, unfortunately, we only think of the last two weeks with God's faithfulness. Well, God, you didn't show up when they called, so I don't trust you anymore. But if you were to expand that and go back in time in your history with God, you would say, no, the truth is, I remember when we freaked out here and God showed up. I remember when we thought there was no hope and God showed up. I remember when we thought our finances were gonna run out and then God showed up. A healthy fear of God is called faith. Now, I'm gonna say this one phrase And if you're tired and need a nap, you can go to sleep after this. I do this almost every week. You can take a nap. Some of you only have about 10 minutes of attention span. I know, I get it. But I want you to hear this next phrase so everyone needs to pay really close attention. Because many of us think that if we are stuck in fear that we're paralyzed, which means that we're not moving, which means that we're stuck in place. Unfortunately, that's not true. Fear doesn't put us in place. If you're taking notes, write this down and remember it. Fear is faith in reverse. If you are fearful, if you allow anxiety and emotion and fear to rule your decisions and your life, fear is your faith in reverse. It means this. It means that as you face a decision because you allow your fear to dictate to you, overwhelm you, you're not stuck. You're actually going backwards and moving away from what God wants you to do. Healthy fear of God is taking a step forward when it makes no sense. That's called faith. Now, I'm not, taking, I'm not telling you to get rid of wisdom. You need wisdom too. But faith is taking a step and trusting in who God is. That's moving forward. If you're overwhelmed with fear and it makes you feel stuck, you're actually moving backwards. Faith is moving one step forward in the face of fear. You want great faith? You want to overcome and have a holy fear? Then you take a step forward. Now, many of you are saying, now you can go to sleep, those of you that heard that, and then you wake up later. But for those of you who say, Terry, I still don't know if I can do it. I want to show you a couple of places in wisdom literature in the Bible that it reminds us of what God can do in the face of fear. And then we're going to finish off with Philippians and we're going to show you what you'll receive if you can overcome. Take a look at this. In Proverbs 14, 26, 27, those who fear the Lord are secure. He will be a refuge for their children. Do you know what that means? It means that your future is secure, that no matter what decision that you make, if you trust God in it and believe in him and say, God, I've prayed, I've talked to you, I'm going to trust you. It says that if you have that kind of faith and you overcome your fear that you are secure and the generations you have will be secure with you. If you're going to freak out and move backwards, there's no promises. If you want to move forward and trust God, he'll take care of you and the generations and the families after you. Take a look at this. Proverbs fourteen twenty six: fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the sneers of death. Let me show you what kind of fountain this is. This past week at my house, I have a little water fountain. It trickles water above, it bubbles, and it kind of pours down, and it's really cool. Well, all of a sudden, the the pump on the fountain went out. So I went ahead and I said, okay, I need to order a new pump. So I pulled the pump out, I looked at it, looked at what kind it was, and I said, I need to get the exact same pump. But then the Tim the Two-Man Taylor side of me said, wait a second, upgrade. So I looked at this pump and I said you know, it's kind of puny. I mean, it's just, you know, just trickles and bubbles and doesn't make a lot of noise. And, you know, it'd be nicer to have a little bit more noise and a little bit more trickle in it. So I'm going to get the next size up. So I look at the next size up, and then I notice that there's all different kind of size pumps. So then every time I went to another size, I was like, yeah, but this one looks a little, that's only 10 more and then 10 more GPSs or whatever it is. So ultimately, I end up with this version over here compared to the version that I have. I ordered it, I get it in the mail. I should have known there was a problem when I received it and I compared it to the old pump. The old pump was about that big. The new pump was about that big. But it fit. So I went ahead and I put it into the fountain, closed it up, plugged it in, And what used to be a trickle on the top that would bubble down now shot about 10 feet in the air. If you lived in my neighborhood, you saw this because it was a spectacle. What gets worse is this. I stood on the side and I looked at it. My spouse was not with me at the time, by the way. And I just looked at it and I had these thoughts actually go through my head. shows me how smart I am. You think she'll notice? I mean, is it really that bad? I mean, it is more powerful. It's definitely more noticeable. I mean, what's the point here? It definitely, you know, you want attention, right? I actually thought that I could leave it like this. I then got to a point where I actually said this You know, it looks like the water's not actually going back in the fountain, it's like spraying everywhere but I'm sure it has enough in it. So I I did a test. I actually left the pump running for about two hours. I came back and it was empty. And I literally thought this, I could come out and fill it out every couple hours. (laughs) Finally, wisdom kicked in and I replaced the pump with a regular size pump. Here's the point. When I look at that passage and I see that fear of the Lord, it, it, talks about it being a fountain that will release you from the sneers of death. It's like that little trickle fountain that we look at. And God, meanwhile, he is a powerful fountain that no matter what we think, I don't know if God's going to do it. I don't know if he can help us. No, he is more powerful than anything and he can overcome. Let me give you one more. Proverbs nineteen twenty three. fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. When I look at that, that's one of those note cards that I put on my mirror. Because sometimes I say, God, I don't know if I can do this. There's so many fears associated with it. And God reminds me, you've listened to me. You've received counsel. You need to take a step of faith. Because I got you. I got you. Now, those are just reminders. But in the beginning of this message we talked about, don't worry, talk to God and then thank him. I want you to see the next verse because it's a reminder of what God will give you if you're willing to live a life that takes a step of faith every day. Take a look at this, Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There are many of you that have gone through tragedy. could be a death in the family. And you wake up those next few mornings and those next few weeks, and you just say, I don't know how I can move forward. I don't know how life is going to be. God, I feel like I'm in a haunted house and I can't get out. There's no hope. And I want you to write this verse down and I want you to remember it. That if you're willing to trust him, you'll experience his peace. Christians hear that all the time. God can give you peace. God can give you peace. God can give you peace. Yes, God can give you peace. But only when you trust him, only when you don't worry, only when you talk to him, only when you thank him, only when you decide to take steps forward write this down, when you trade your fear, lowercase, for fear, uppercase, fight or flight gives way to peace. When you trade your fears for his fear, it's the beginning of wisdom, which will give you knowledge, which will allow you to make wiser decisions, which will move you forward in your faith. If you're struggling today, overwhelmed with anxiety and fear. Here's my question. What are you doing? What are you practically doing today, tomorrow, to help bring truth back into your heart and life? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. If you're struggling with fear, it's time to change. What are you going to do so that you can receive God's amazing peace? Let's pray. With all eyes closed, heads bowed, I just want to talk to you for a second. And here's the truth. There are, um, in my mind, there are a few different types of personalities that are in this room right now. There are some of you in this room who don't struggle with fear. And you're just looking and you listen to a message like this and you say, I don't get it, Terry. I don't know why it's so hard. And I just want to tell you right now that you've been blessed and wired a certain way where it's easy for you to trust. And I want to encourage you right now in this moment, if that's you, I want you to start praying for your neighbor, people sitting in your row. Because here's the truth. There's probably three quarters of this room that struggle every single day with some sort of fear and anxiety. They could be fearful of their personality, fearful of Who likes me? Do I fit in? They could be fearful of, will I be able to get this job? What will the doctor say? There's all different kinds of fear that individuals struggle with every single day. And there is some of us in this room that are so overwhelmed with fear that we don't know how to get out. So for those of you that are struggling to the point of paralysis, where you're actually moving backwards, I want to speak directly to you this morning. What are you willing to do to change that? Are you willing to take a step of faith? Are you willing to trust him? That you realize, God, if I talk to you, if I recognize who you are, if every morning if I put that card on my mirror and I read it and I replace the thoughts of fear with the truth of God, maybe, just maybe, God, you will give me peace. So for you right now, who are struggling, I want to pray for you. God, right now, I lift up my brothers and sisters, including myself. God, I ask that you would bind the enemy who is the author of fear. Fear doesn't come from you. It comes from the enemy. And so God, right now, as they drive home as they wake up tomorrow morning I pray that as soon as a fear hits their mind and their heart you would be quick to their heart to remind them that you are Alpha Omega you are God and they are not and you want to give your daughter or son peace so Father right now I pray that you would allow them to leave this room in just a moment with hope hope that they've longed to grasp for a long time God, I pray that as they receive your peace, that if they trust you, that they have a holy fear, that they would realize the peace beyond understanding and grasp it and long for it more. In just a moment, again, all eyes closed, heads bowed, we're gonna stand and we're gonna sing together. And I'm gonna ask you to sing the words from your mouth and to belt it. Because what the words will say is, is that we're alive, that he's alive in us. And that's the memory we need to have is that in those moments of fear, he's alive in us. He's alive in us. And so in a moment, as our praise team leads, I want you to stand, I want you to sing, and I want you to remember who he is and tell him who he is. Father, right now, may you bless this moment. And God, as we're about to stand and sing, I pray that you would know from our hearts, you are Alpha Omega, beginning and end, and you have the power to change our lives. We love you, Lord, and we bless you in the matchless and priceless name of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.